Hello, and welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibble. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And when I was five, I used to hide under the kitchen table and drink chocolate syrup from that can with three holes in it. And this week, we're going to be talking about the Chupacabra. Correct, Shibble. And as always, on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, me this time, has done extensive research on a ghoul, and that would be the Chupacabra. This week, Shibble has no idea other than what he brought into this thing about the Chupacabra. So I'd like to begin by asking you, Dibs, what do you think this thing is? What is the Chupacabra? Well, I gotta say, the Chupacabra is definitely uh, one of the more well-known monsters that we were talking about here on Uncle Monster. This is not like last week when we were talking (laughs) about the Squonk and like only five people on Earth had ever heard about it and they're all dead. So, uh, the Chupacabra, though, has a bit of a cultural presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember first hearing about the Chupacabra in the 90s. Uh, I know that its name translates to Goat Sucker from uh, Spanish. Wow. I know that it is a... Uh, or Beyond that, I need to go into my imagination. I imagine it's something like a three-foot-tall uh, lizardy demon with, like fangs that point like outwards you know what i mean i think that that would be cool and i think it has wings and (laughs) i think it's gonna be drinking that goat blood goat the most popular protein on earth true is that true that is what i heard uh that is what we said on goat man hopefully it hasn't changed since then oh it was in goat facts that is true correct good job shovel good memory thank you thank you so how right am i can you tell me, perhaps, in the form of a narrative fiction? Well, I'd give you about a 50% on that. I think you have some excellent guesses. I think uh, some excellent, excellent spe- uh, speculation, if I get either of those words out. But I'd like to explain the Chupacabra to you via a work of fiction. How do you feel about that? I think that would be probably the best way for me to learn about it. And I understand that I'll be playing a small role in your fiction. You will. You'll be playing the role of Bopchi, Russian grandmother. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. It is your learning style, isn't it? Fiction. Yes, I learn best through narrative fiction and stories because you put it in that context, I can retain it. No, but you're not even joking because I remember you telling me that like everything I learned from books, you learned from TV. Yeah, I that when I was a little kid... You know, people people used to say I was smart, and uh, they would say, uh, how did you get so smart? And I said, I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> and it was true. And yeah, and it was the truth. <laughs> well, I'd like to begin my untitled story. Next time I'm going to title it. I like this new tradition of story time. Yeah, it's fun. Shall I go ahead and sing it? Please. It's story time. Story time, story time with Uncle Monster. Story time, it's story time, it's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! I hate chickens, you say as you wipe the dirt from your cheek. The obnoxious birds cluck noisily around their coop. You're somehow in charge of all the early morning chores on your fiancé's parents' family farm. 
You shovel horse manure and pour slop into a trough for the pigs. You name the smallest pig Wilbur, because in Russia there's a famous children's book about a farm called Chernaya Idova Ubivayet Porosenka Wilbur, which translates to The Black Widow Kills the Small Pig Wilbur. Those were happier times. Now you're responsible for this whole godforsaken farm. This is not how you pictured your new life. Your name is Julia Trubkina, and you're a Russian national visiting the U.S. on a K-1 fiancé visa. Now you're not sure you made the right decision. The farm is so boring, and why are you responsible for working it? You didn't even want to live with Brandon's parents in the first place. Come to think about it, you didn't want to marry Brandon in the first place. This marriage scheme has landed you right where you wanted to be, in the land of opportunity, but is it worth this price? You, Julia, are not a farm girl at all. In Moscow, you were an energetic, sweaty, topless dancer at Club Kodosmaki, the number 57 club out of 472 in Moscow, according to TripAdvisor, for real. That was a point of pride for the owner, Pyotr Gorichev. He couldn't pass you in the club without saying, Hey, Yulia, number 57, huh? Is super great. You would nod to Piotr and feign a grin. Look out, number 56, we come for you next. You would smile and just be glad for your job. Your areoli cover 80% of your breast surface, but Piotr had taken a chance on you anyway. Now you've traded your exciting life, job in the big city, and Russian mafia boyfriend Vadim Nemkov for living with man-child Brandon Gibbs on his parents' farm in rural USA. You walk back into the house seeing Betty and Ron, the parents, at the table. They offer you orange juice. You hate them. You do not answer and sulk away to your room, which is not Brandon's room because his parents forbade sleeping together. Thank goodness, you thought. You were sure you were going to have to take care of Brandon every once in a while. This way you had an out. An out sounded good right now. And you were thinking of taking it straight back into the seedy Russian underworld if you couldn't find some excitement on this farm soon. The next morning, you get your wish. You wake up and slip on a tartan housecoat to do the morning chores. The first thing you see is the old billy goat Jarford lying on his back, which is not how you want to find a goat. You go further to inspect and scream. The body is stiff and there are three huge puncture wounds in the neck. The goat is dead, its face frozen into perma-goat terror. Oh, Jarford, what happens to you? You ask. You have a warm spot for Jarford because he is small and bearded and thus reminds you of your Eastern European mother. You run to tell the Gibbs family what you found. They seem suspiciously dismissive, as if they knew something but didn't care to explain any further. You decide to call your grandmother as to tell her about the morning's horror and see if she has any insights. Privet Popchi! Oh, hello. Julia, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Bobchi. How are you? Not uh, so good. Uh, sorry to hear that, Bobchi. This was beginning the conversation was par for the course with Bobchi, and now you get down to business. You describe the gruesome discovery and strange neck wounds. Bobchi then wakes up. She asks you to tell her again. She's sorry. So you repeat yourself. When she realizes what you were saying, Bobchi exclaims in horror... Goat sucker! Goat sucker! Julia, you need to leave. You don't know what Bobchi is talking about. You thank her for the advice and say goodbye. Bobchi wakes up again and hears the dial tone and assumes you must have hung up. You spend the rest of the day avoiding your childlike virgin fiancé and his parents. Soon you are sleeping. The next morning you hear whispering and rustling outside that wakes you up. It is 5 a.m. 
Might as well get up and get going. You put on your housecoat from earlier in the story and carry the feed bucket out the door. You stop dead in your tracks. There are six goats splayed out of the ground, obviously cold and dead. Their carcasses stink, and you are shocked. Truly shocked. For the first time since you went way too far on your OnlyFans account. You run inside yelling for your baby of a fiancé and his stern parents. They come when they hear your calls, and they seem concerned now. You all trade conjecture about what happened. You want to leave this place, because something is very wrong. Betty and Ron call the police, and you give a statement. You sneak away to get in touch with your bopchi to update her on the new horrific discovery. Hello? Yes, hello, bopchi. I, I have to tell you about something. Hello. This is very important. Hello? Yes, bopchi. Uh, bopchi! Hello? Bopchi, six more goats are dead! The same way, what is happening? I'm not doing so good. Wait! More goats! Yes, more goats! That's what I'm telling you, Bopchi! It's the goat sucker! This is your last chance! Leave and come home to Bopchi! At this, Bopchi hung up. At least you thought so. Bopchi had actually fallen asleep once more. Now you have to weigh Bopchi's warning with your lifelong dream to live in America. You decide that you have to make Brandon and the Gibbs move and get the hell out of there before something worse happened. Brandon dismisses your concern and goes back to making redstone circuits. Betty and Ron look nervous but laugh off your plans to relocate. Feeling defeated, you decide you might just have to leave. You don't feel safe. You would give the Gibbs until just tomorrow and then you would be safely back to Russia. The next morning, you wake up surprised to find Brandon in bed with you. He is nude. How cheeky of that little douche. However, you are mildly excited by the boldness and reach to grab Brandon. Brandon playfully holds fast, and you giggle and give him a big tug. Brandon slides backwards and rolls, now facing you. His eyes are milky white, his skin is cold and bluish, and there are three huge puncture wounds marring Brandon's neck. Pushing the corpse off of you, you leap out of bed, screaming for help. You head for Betty and Ron's room. You stop your screaming as you approach the door. There are chittering and growling sounds coming from inside. You slowly crack the door and peer inside. Betty and Ron are in bed, with two large creatures mounted on their chests. The creatures were like reptilian kangaroos, the size of small bears, with scaly greenish-gray skin and a prominent row of sharp spines running down their backs. The creature's fangs were clamped to the Gibbs' necks, and they were sucking away. You realize all at once that this was Bopchi had warned about. Abandoning all hope of life in the U.S., you slowly close the door as not to disturb the creatures. Very quietly, you shut and back away from the door. You seem to have made it without alerting them. Now it was time to escape. You turn around, and before you can process your next move, you are now staring at four more of the creatures. They are scaly, yet with patches of mangy hair. They mule a low noise and bare rows of sharp, needle-like teeth. They begin to advance on you as you picture your bopchi's face, moments before being sucked dry by a pack of the legendary chupacabras. Woo! 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 What a chiller! <laughs> what a spooky group of monsters! These chupacabras, so they don't just attack goats, they'll attack a human? I, I, think, they'll I think they're predators. I think they attack anything and they don't kind of measure size i think they they're heat seekers like snakes all right i mean 
I rarely find uh, snakes attacking humans except in self-defense. Uh, uh, my daughter's sn- uh, snake certainly attacked her right in front of me. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure that's because it was frightened. It wasn't it self-defense. Wasn't like, I, it it was, wasn't trying to eat your daughter. It, I swear to God, it was dangling with its mouth wrapped around its her finger trying to swallow her from the beginning of her finger all the way to her toes. Wow. I, I, met, I, I bet that'd be an uphill battle for that snake. Professor Wiggles. How big, how big was Professor Wiggles? Um, he was three feet by the end. He okay. died young. How tall was your daughter? <laughs> Five foot seven. I'm going to say this is going to be an uphill battle for Professor Wiggles. <laughs> but may he rest in peace. Yes. Did you like the story? Was it all right? I did like the story. Was it a little bit meandering? So that's, is that why you sent me that 10-minute clip of Entertainment Tonight talking about... Uh, 90 Day Fiance? Yes. Kind of because I wanted you to be into the show like me, but also because it directly relates to the story. This is a couple from 90 Day Fiance. I thought maybe you should know, you know, what they're like. Well, I also want to be, you know, there for our audience members that don't listen or watch 90 Day Fiance. Someone has to speak for them. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're a much smaller contingent than you would think, I'm pretty sure. Uh, It's true. There could be a much larger overlap than I am predicting. Shall I go into the chupacabra, Shibble? Yes, tell me about this horrible goat sucker. Well, the chupacabra is a legendary creature in parts of the Americas with its first official sightings reported in 1995 in Puerto Rico. You said 90s. Mm. Yeah, and I was going to say Puerto Rico. Okay. So you may remember something about this. Yeah, I remember them talking about it on, like, uh, Z100 (laughs) on the morning zoo. (laughs) <laughs> they mentioned the Chupacabra one day. How'd it sound on the morning zoo? Hey, everybody, we got a story coming at you. Bang! The down in New Jersey sounds like there's been some sort of mysterious gut sucker. That's right, it's the Chupacabra! Six in the a.m. <laughs> we'll be talking about that more, but first, here's Sponge. <laughs> So you knew uh, the chupacabra's name meant goat sucker. Uh, yeah. From chupara to suck and capras, which is goats. Okay, so it sucks goats. The name is attributed to Puerto Rican comedian Silverio Perez, who coined the term <laughs> while commenting on the attacks as a radio DJ. <laughs> so it was created by a morning zoo crew. That's <laughs> awesome. A six in the AM. Sponge. <laughs> so okay, so this is our first cryptid that was created by a, a zoo morning, or was first announced to the world on a Z Morning Zoo crew. Other than no, case. Howard Stern introduced Beetlejuice to the world on the radio. Uh, I believe that was not a cryptid. I think that was a man, and I think also we haven't done an episode about Beetlejuice. But we could, is what you're saying. So you're admitting he's a cryptid. Uh, I'm saying the is it real segment on that episode is going to be pretty straightforward if nothing else. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, the name Chupacabra comes from the animal's reported vampirism. The Chupacabra is said to attack and drink the blood of its victims. You were right on. Okay. Though goats are said to be its favorite prey, it has also been blamed for attacks on cats, rabbits, dogs, chickens, and even humans. Unlike okay. conventional predators, the chupacabra is said to drain all of its prey's blood through one, two, or three holes in the neck. 
One, two, or three. Yes. So, and, and I'm assuming those correspond to numbers of teeth. Uh, it's interesting. I don't really think of three or one like that's would involve the creature not having bilateral symmetry, which is something that I always think of when I think of creatures. Yeah, really in nature that you'd be hard-pressed to find something that left three holes like that. I mean, I know that bed bugs traditionally will leave three bites. Yeah, like but they're when, probably symmetrical. Uh, they're normally like triangular, but it'll be like, I think it's, they, they call it uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I forget why <laughs> they do that. But that's one of the signs. If you see three bites, you might be having some bed bugs. Or chupacabras. As, yeah, or as very small chupacabras. <laughs> A baby. Uh, theories about the chupacabra's origin vary. The most popular explanation is that it's the product of a top-secret U.S. genetics experiment in the rainforests of Puerto Rico. There are many Puerto Ricans who believe this is just another indication of American exploitation and meddling. Yeah, I mean, I think Puerto Rico has a lot of reasons to not be trustworthy in the mainland. Their non-state status, it's exploitive, if you ask me. Yeah, the sort of uh, austerity measures that we mm. put on them uh, instead of helping bail them out. And we did a great job with the with the big storms. Yeah, yeah, Hurricane Maria. We shot the, basketball rolls of paper towels at them. We did a great job. Yeah, so I can understand why they might be uh, putting the blame for the chupacabra on uh, the mainland government. Well, uh, that's not the only theory. Uh, some suggest that the chupacabra is an extraterrestrial being brought to Earth on spaceships. That's a real belief. Oh. Okay. I mean, yeah, that could happen too. Aliens, also known jerks. Like, like it could be like if the predator had like bed bugs and infected us, you know, with chupacabras. Like it's just something that stowed away on his ship. I think. Yeah, and they just kicked out, like, a small colony of chupacabras. They're like, just suck them out the airlock. Oh, well, what if they land down on that planet? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Is that the predator's voice when he takes off that's, his mask? I don't yeah, give a shit. What they, that's what they sound like when they talk to each other. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm gonna sick of these little motherfucker. I'm going to head on down there, and I am going to rip somebody's skull out and have the spine still attached. I'm going to look cool as hell. But I can't do that with these damn chupacabras running around the ship all the damn time. <laughs> I said open the airlock! Uh, still, some others suggest that the mysterious creature is part of some sinister biological warfare program. Jeez. Less likely. This goes all the way to the top. <laughs> well, it always does at the end. Uh, some even consider the, the chupacabra to be the embodiment of God's wrath. Okay. God hates goats for some reason. <laughs> that would be what you came up with, I guess, if you put that all together, is that the, he sucks the blood of goats and he is God's wrath, and goats are the devil. Oh, it, yeah. seriously. Yeah, God, God don't make no trash. I've never heard that. It's a nice saying. I've just never heard of it. You want some more on the appearance? Uh, so, wait, hang on. So I want to just say our top three theories are <laughs> government experiment. Right, of course. Alien. Right. Biological warfare, which I'm going to put also, I'm going to merge that back with theory one. 
or God's Wrath. Those are the three. Which one are you guessing? I'm surprised none of them were like cryptid. <laughs> Might yet. Yeah. Why don't we start a theory that the chupacabra is a cryptid? Yeah, it's just it's just a weird animal. I guess that's not a theory th- yet. So that's the official Uncle Monster position, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna go and say weird mutant monkey. <laughs> There are no known photographs of the beast, so to talk mm. about what it looks like, there's there's not even credible footprints. Instead, the chupacabra is mo- uh, known mostly through a dozen eyewitness sightings and many dead animals. Physical okay. descriptions vary. Here's four quick ones. It is reportedly a heavy creature the size of a small bear. Okay. The most common description is that of a reptile-like creature said to have leathery or scaly greenish-gray skin and sharp quills running down its back. Said to be about four feet tall and stands in hops similar to a kangaroo. Okay. You got its height almost. Yeah. But that's a major thing. The kangaroo keeps coming up. Like, it's it's related to a kangaroo. That's not the first time I've read that it's exactly like a kangaroo. Got it. So, powerful legs, big thick tail, tiny arms. Uh, I, I didn't read tiny arms, but like a T-Rex thing? No, like kangaroos. Oh, like a kangaroo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got lost. I was reading the next line, and you were commenting, and I was trying to come back with something, but I didn't listen to what you said. <laughs> That's okay. So what's up? What's what's their next theory of appearance? Um, another common description of the chupacabra is that of a wild dog. This form is mostly hairless, has a pronounced spinal ridge, pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. Okay. Many accounts suggest that the creature has powerful legs that allow it to leap huge distances, has long claws, and, of course, glowing red eyes. Classic monster. Now, at this point, I could continue on, but I I do have some facts for you. I have some kangaroo facts. Okay, okay. Hit me up with a kangaroo fact. Kangaroos cannot move their hind legs independently of each other. Unless they're in water. Hmm. What? That seems very strange. They just make like a hopping movement and and that's it? I guess so. I guess they, they traverse by hopping. Can they prop themselves up on their tails? Can yes. They sit on their tails? Yes. They use it for balance. All right. The collective noun for kangaroos is a mob, troop, or court. Okay. Kangaroos don't sweat. Instead, they lick their front paws and rub the moisture onto their chests. And last but not least, baby kangaroos are less than two grams when born and the size of a jelly bean. Yeah, and then they crawl their way up into the pouch. That is absolutely true. And I imagine that makes for a much easier childbirth for the mama kangaroo. (laughs) I would imagine so as well. I think we should have that. Uh, Boy, it's complicated. What if know. what if human women had pouches? That would be weird. That would be strange, but you know what? Their body, their choice. If you want a pouch, ladies, go for it. That'd be great if that became the new hip surgery. Yeah, this is my pouch. I had a pouch my plastic. prematurely born pasted. Uh, my, my premature baby. His name I, is I, Joey. 
and I keep him in my pouch until he's fully grown. Uh, the first reported attack attributed to the chupacabra occurred in 95 in Puerto Rico. Eight sheep okay. were discovered dead and drained. Uh, mm. A few months later, an eyewitness named Madeline Tolentino reported seeing the creature in the Puerto Rican town of Canovanas when 150 farm animals and pets were killed. Now, remember Madeline Tolentino. She's going to be important. How many pets and animals? Yeah, uh, yeah. 150. Jesus, this is not... Woo! That's real. That's, that's, that's the death toll in uh, Canovanas. Those are some real numbers. Yeah, no, it, it puts them up. It's like it's like a little cryptid Richard Ramirez. So, okay, what happens? What happens next? Um, I should have probably started here, but um, l- this is kind of linked. In 1975, way earlier than the first sighting, similar killings in the small town of Mocha were attributed to El Vampiro de Mocha, which I'm sure you know what it means. That means the chocolate vampire. <laughs> That's what they used to call me on the streets. (laughs) Initially, it was suspected that the killings were committed by a satanic cult, because of course, Mm -hmm. uh, but later more killings were reported around the island, and each of the animals were bled dry. Jeez Louise. Strange, we have a movement here from the chupacabras from um, Mocha to uh, Manipur, India. In 2018, there were tons of reports of chupacabras. Hmm. Many All di- the way in Manipur, India. Yeah. Can you tell me what they sounded like when they were, saw the chupacabras? No. Okay. Many domestic animals were killed in a suspicious manner, and more telling, people actually saw chupacabras, they said. Okay. Well, I believe the victims. In 2019, a video recorded by Mundo Ovni showed a supposed attack on chickens in the Seboraquillo section of Lares, Puerto Rico. I could not find that video. Okay. That doesn't mean anything. I didn't spend very much time on it. Allegedly, there is a video of a chupacabra attacking a group of chickens. (laughs) Yeah. In Laris, Puerto Rico. Yeah. In Puerto Rico. Uh, The spread of such stories can largely be attributed to the internet. I would classify the chupacabra as the first internet monster, says Benjamin Radford. He's a doctor, so I read him like that. If the first sighting had been in 1985, a couple of people would have heard of it, but it wouldn't have gone viral and spread across the world. So he's not saying that the internet created the chupacabra so much as the internet created our awareness of the chupacabra. Yes, he's contradicting himself. It's a weird thing to say that the chupacabra is the first internet monster. If it, yeah. if that's not what its origin is, that's strange. I think Slenderman is the first internet monster. I think the first internet monster is AOL, QAnon. <laughs> but this monster is good, and it's you. Listen, they're uh, just they're just patriots, Shibble. They're just patriots. Yeah, they're just wonderful patriots. Do you know the Chupacabra has cousins? Uh, I know. Give me okay. Is one of them the vampire bat? No. Okay, go on. That <laughs> I thought you had another guess. <laughs> I, I, I was going to wait for another guess. Uh, we have the Ozark Howler, uh, who in okay. Arkansas, in Arkansas folklore, is a creature said to dwell in the Ozarks. It's bear-like with a gray-colored, shaggy coat. And uh, the 
Arkansas Game and Fish Commission said it was a hoax, but then <laughs> they found recorded call records to the AGFC in 2014, and they described the unidentified mammal, and they actually dispatched armed state wildlife wildlife officers to look for a bear-sized, gray, fast-running animal in Springdale. Yeah. Hey, better safe than sorry. The Poochins of Chile... Uh, the Poochin is a much-feared shape-shifting creature. Mm, a shape-shifter. It has often been described as a gigantic flying snake which produces strange walking sounds. And th- how is this related to the chupacabra? Just tell me how that cousin? happens. It produ- oh, the wings sound like feet. So how is this thing a cousin when uh, it is a flying <laughs> snake because to a scaly small bear? Because it is a bloodsucker that leaves one, two, or three holes. The three-hole connection. Yes. That's also what they used to call me on the street. (laughs) (laughs) The Sigbin of the Philippines is said to come out at night and suck the blood of victims from their shadows. Leaving one, two, or three holes. I I don't know how many holes. It's a a shadow. We're going to assume three holes in your shadow. It is said to walk backwards with its head lowered between its hind legs and to have the ability to become invisible to other creatures, especially humans. I would become invisible if I was walking around that fucking stupid. (laughs) Just stand up and walk forward, you freak. They're said to be controlled by wealthy families and there's speculation Mm. that the animal is related to the kangaroo. Mm, Another bloodsucker related to the kangaroo. All three of them. The wealthy story, wealthy family story, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they used to own, they used to own them and keep them in clay jars. It says, Oh, they would do that. The rich get richer. What would you do if you had one in a clay jar? Okay, I have got an evil kangaroo that walks stupid and drinks the blood out of shadows in a glass jar. No, no, I. I oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Not a chupacabra. You're right. One of the a sigbin, a sigbin. I've got a sigbin in a jar. Boy, you know, I think I would just have to keep it for a conversation piece. But I wouldn't have it out all the time. Because what if a cat knocked it over? Yeah, you've got, you've got then, cats. They're curious. Yeah, and next thing you know, it's drinking the blood through their shadows and walking backwards around the house like a moron. At the very least, leaving three holes in their shadow, which is inconvenient. Yeah, no, I like them to have nice, full, luxurious shadows. Was that in Peter Pan? Didn't they have, like, they grabbed their own shadows and did stuff with them? Uh... Peter's shadow became detached and he needed Wendy to sew it back onto his feet. He tried to stick it on with soap, forgetting that soap is slippery and not sticky. (laughs) Peter Pan was really stupid even for a kid. Yeah, I mean, he did live on an island since he was a baby. It's amazing that he could even speak. He should have been like Nell. (laughs) Should have been another Nell situation. Tie in the wind! Tick tock, tick tock. That was the the crocodile coming. Yeah. Oh God. Would you like some more kangaroo facts before we continue, or no? Kangaroo facts. Absolutely. Kangaroos usually hide from predators in water. If followed, they use their front paws to hold their opposition under the water and drown it. Hmm. In related news, a kangaroo in Victoria tried to drown a human in 2009. How'd it go? I that was the end of the fact. I did not care enough about. The, I'm guessing they survived because it, it would have been a big yeah, deal if a kangaroo murdered tried. someone. 
Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. I want that kangaroo in jail. (laughs) (laughs) A kangaroo was seen catching a dog with its front paws and then disemboweling it with its hind legs. Yeah, I hear a kangaroo will really fuck you up. I have heard They're very strong. Yeah, they have chimpanzee strength. They will wreck you. In 2004, a kangaroo named Lulu was given the RSPCA Animal Valor Award for alerting the family of a man who was trapped under a fallen tree branch. Oh, good for you, Lucy. We don't have to be enemies (laughs) just because of your powerful drowning abilities. And disemboweling hind legs. Yeah, and your legs that can move independently from one another when you're in the water. (laughs) So, I think... Is it about time for fight night? Unless you want to hear about the origin story. Oh, yeah. Tell me about the origins. Was it not just the creation of a Z-Morning Zoo crew? No, there's actually a separate theory. If you remember Benjamin Radford, the guy who talked like a professor because he's a doctor. I I think maybe I just made him a doctor in my mind because he, you know, takes the chupacabra very seriously. But he documented a whole investigation. And he concluded that the description given by the original eyewitness in Puerto Rico, Madeline Tolentino, was actually mm-hmm. based on the creature Sill from the 1995 science fiction horror movie what? Uh, that was, uh, was that uh, Species Correct. 2? No, one. <laughs> species 1? Yeah, why would they introduce the character in the second one? Because you're expanding the Species universe. Name one movie where they don't introduce the villain until the second movie. I didn't know Syl was a villain. I thought maybe it was oh, like, maybe oh, maybe it's not. The, I don't know. Maybe that's, you know, that's the species' uh, girlfriend. Oh, I thought it was the protagonist or the antagonist. I thought it had to be in the it very well. It, it, it very well could be in the original, and it very well could be from Species 1. The alien creature Syl is nearly identical to Tolentino's Chupacabra eyewitness account, and she had seen the movie before. She said, It was a creature that looked like the Chupacabra with spines on its back and all. The resemblance to the chupacabra was really impressive. She says that like that's a real animal. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't they believe really it. They really nailed the chupacabra with the special effects in this movie. <laughs> they should have called the movie Chupacabra. It would have it would have sold more tickets. Actually, no, cuz that was who played was that Natasha Henstridge? It was someone really pretty. Yeah, yeah, she was and uh, as I recall fairly undressed. Yeah, yes, I do recall that. That was okay. Uh, yeah. Radford revealed that Tolentino believed that the creatures and events she saw in species were happening in reality in Puerto Rico. So the most important chupacabra description cannot be trusted. To which I say, or can it? And does it give us more clues as to what the chupacabra is? Mm. Is species a documentary about chupacabra? That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe they you know, know something we don't. Because this is a woman who says, listen, I've seen chupacabra, and that's a chupacabra. What I saw in Species. Yeah, it could be. We need to find out who was the artistic director on Species and who are they working for. Oh, just Is so... it for the Chupacabra? <laughs> he works for the Weinstein Company, the Chupacabra, I heard. Yeah, it's all connected. It's all out there. <laughs> They're all predators. Um, just so everyone knows what we're talking about, uh, in Species... Uh, when government scientist Xavier Fitch intercepts a space transmission containing the genetic sequence for an alien life form, he uses it to produce Sill, a gorgeous alien-human hybrid. As Fitch's team grows concerned at a rapid rate of growth, Sill wrecks the laboratory and begins a violent quest for a suitable male human to impregnate her. 
The U.S. government dispatches top assassin Preston Lennox and a team of experts to stop her. That's the movie. That, when you read out that description, that movie sounds dope as hell. <laughs> Does it? You like that? You like the synopsis? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, maybe I'll watch Species tonight. It's it reminded be. me of the Chupacabras. Her hair is a mass of prehensile tentacles slicked back behind her head so it looks like hair, but they're really like spiky tentacle things like a Chupacabra. A chupacabra has prehensile tentacle hair? You didn't mention That's how I picture it. Okay. I, I, I that's mean, just now. Your own personal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, since this lady looked at that and said that's what a chupacabra looks like, I think we need to add prehensile tentacles. I hair. think I, for fight night, we should count that. We should say the prehensile tentacles. So let's hit it. It's fight night! Fight! I was waiting for the intro and forgot it wasn't going to come on because uh, we had we haven't finished recording yet. Yeah, no, that all comes in post, baby. Okay, that's the magic of the editing booth. Well, I don't understand that sort of magic. I just like to hear it when it's done. Yeah. Uh, Ready? So, ding ding! Fight! How many prime Shaquille O'Neal's is it going to take? To take down a chupacabra with its prehensile tentacle hair. I say two prime Shaquille O'Neal's. Okay, tell me why. Because I think the first Shaquille O'Neal encounters the chupacabra and doesn't feel violent toward it. I don't think, you know, they kind of circle each other and Shaq's like, maybe I have a new pet. You know, something like that. And he gets torn apart, so the next Shaq is ready. And is more powerful than these two four-foot-tall chupacabras. Okay. So you're saying in a two-on-two, Shaq would win in the long run. And in a one-on-one, one -on -one, I think if they know they're fighting, Shaq wins with pure physicality. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I mean, we haven't heard too much about the it having anything like great strength or the ability to fly. Well, it leaps. Like leaps that. long distances. It can leap long distances. But so can Shaq. Shaq can also leap pretty far. And, you know, if we're going to say it's like a, a lizard-like kangaroo, and we're going to say kangaroos have gorilla strength, but also we're saying, what, about four feet tall? And I think a kangaroo gets up to like five or six. Yeah, this is smaller than a kangaroo. So, yeah, I'm going to assume it's going to be weaker than a kangaroo. Well, it's dense, though. They've described it as bear-like. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah... I'm going to say two shacks for every chupacabra. Yeah, that's where I I'm around there. Okay. I'm around. I'm, I'm in the same same zone. Can I give you one? Yeah. All right. The chupacabra, as many, you can decide how many, versus the predator without his armor or weapons. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say you're going to need four. I'm going to say four Chupacabra. Uh, you know, the Predator has been training its whole life for this kind of situation. That's its lifestyle, is, is war. Yeah. It loves hunting and fighting, and it's no stranger to going into a battle without its equipment. We know that it's practice for those types of scenarios. I've practiced for these situations. I know what I'm doing, Chupacabra! 
You'll never defeat me unless you brought three friends. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four chupacabra. I'm gonna average it out at around four. That's for, I I think that's fair. I mean, only one predator, no weapons, no armor. Yeah, I think four take them. I, I I agree with you on that one. This is we're agreeing a lot today. Yeah. Hey, I like it. All right. So how many how many chupacabras would it take to kill? 10 people walking back to their hotel bar drunk after a furry convention. Oof. Okay. 10 people. They're drunk. Chupacabra's definitely going to catch them by surprise. In the city? Yes. Very much so. We're going to say that uh, they're going to, if they escape, that's going to count for a victory for the people. So you're going to need... Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, with their leaping ability, I'm gonna say three chupacabra, three chupacabra. But doesn't the furry costume offer a level of protection? Mm, not as much as you might think. It's basically. <laughs> what do you mean, like not as out- much as I might think? Have you ever worn a furry costume? No, but from what I've seen, they're mostly just made from like the same material you'd have on the outside of a teddy bear. It's not like they're made from leather. No, because they like to like rub on each other, and so it's probably soft. It's probably something pleasant. And and it's probably pretty, you know, to get that much yardage, you don't want to make it, you know, pay for armor. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, you're paying for it to be fuzzy. Okay, ready? The Chupacabra versus Lindsey Graham and three uh, Secret Servicemen. Ah. The boy, the Secret Service has been having a lot of trouble these last couple of years. <laughs> Jesus, uh, they uh, they are not as uh, well. But the flip side of that coin, they do still carry guns, and they probably still are pretty good at shooting them. So I'm going to have to put it on the three cir- Secret Service men uh, are going to be able to take down one Chupacabra coming after Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham doesn't have any offense that you're going to work into this. No. No, Lindsey Graham is going to come. I'm coming for you, Chupacabras. <laughs> no, he is going to uh, have those uh, three Secret Service members uh, circle around him. <laughs> uh, and he will he will play it safe. Don't let him see me. <laughs> My precious shadow. <laughs> okay, ready? Um, right. The Chupacabra versus a Samurai and a Hessian. Okay. Uh, Hessians, of course, you might recall from uh, the Revolutionary War Mm -hmm. being uh, 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 soldiers of fortune working with the Americans or the English. I cannot remember. I think the English. I think the English, because we had our alliance with the French. Uh, And, of course, samurai known for... uh, following uh bushido the way of the warrior correct uh so yeah two guys they're gonna be pretty well armed i'm i'm gonna say i'm gonna say chupacabra i think the reason why we mostly associate the chupacabra with attacking animals and not only that mostly herbivores is because it's not super dangerous 
if you were ready for it. Yeah, and a full-grown human. I, I haven't read much about them attacking. Usually, I mean, if I read anything, it's like people in bed or babies or, you know, sick animals or, you know, a goat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously it's got some sort of pretty reasonable strength, but I feel like, uh, you know, it doesn't have any kind of invulnerability to weapons. And I feel like... If you're coming at it armed, you're going to be in a good space. Which makes it extra strange that none of the theories about its origin was just that it was a cryptid because it fits that exact definition by what you just said. Yeah, it really fits into the realm of cryptid in my mind. The Chupacabra versus internet cryptozoologists searching for the Chupacabras. Okay, so that's going to be... if it was fighting you while you were researching this? Um, if we, I, I think, I think it's if, if someone was interested in it and went looking for it, you know, like doing a YouTube show. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say people have definitely gone out looking for it and people have not brought back Chupacabra footage. And I think the only way that we can reconcile that is if, Everyone who meets the Chupacabra is getting killed by That's it. absolutely where I thought you were going. You are correct. I think that anyone who's ever gone looking for one has not come back. Yeah. And I think that's probably because a lot of people that go out looking for them, they're not taken seriously. No, they don't. They think they're only after goats, and they don't take it seriously, Shibble. And people need to start doing so. Isn't that right? They do need to start taking it seriously. And this is serious. <laughs> this thing sounds crazy, but can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can the chupacabra fuck? Well, since I've referred to them in the plural, I'm assuming there's many of them. So Mm -hmm. uh, I would think they would reproduce or die out. And there seem to be more reports than there used to be. So I don't think they're dying out. I think they're, they're just gaining in their population. And if we know one thing about it, it's that... It was the inspiration for the movie Species. Right. So we know that it is a species, and therefore it can reproduce. And also, I think, wasn't Sill's mission to reproduce? Yes, although Sill wanted to reproduce with a human. Does a chupacabra want to make love to a human man? What would that look like? I don't know. I bet if you searched on Pornhub for chupacabra... You might have found out. I didn't. Did that and happen? And I did. <laughs> okay. As I always do. Uh, you know what I thought when you when you bring up can it fuck? I thought maybe because it's so related to kangaroos that if I looked mm. up kangaroo sexuality, I could learn a little bit about the chupacabra. Makes sense. Um, fe- that explains the photograph you emailed me. Yeah. Oh, yes. I did send you a picture. And uh, what was it? Uh, Ethan emailed me a photograph of a kangaroo's penis. Right, and I'm going to get to why. Um, females... <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for that part. Female, because it's funny. Female kangaroos have three vaginas. Wow. Two for sperm and one in the middle for birthing. Okay. So males have long two-headed penises to inseminate the lateral vaginas at the same time. Okay. So is do they normally give birth to twins? Does that happen a lot? They they have two uteruses plus a pouch. So they can be perpetually pregnant. 
they can be pregnant mm. in one or both ut- uteri and have a have a little jelly bean joey in the pouch trying to climb out. Okay, and I imagine that because the, when the joey is born, it's so small that the the kangaroo is not pregnant for very long. I, I don't know the gest- gestation period, but um, it's a mammal about our size. I don't know. <laughs> Does that tell us anything? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I'm going to say that we're going to be about jelly bean size somewhere around the first trimester. I wouldn't be surprised if they were only pregnant for like three months. Do you consider a jelly bean size kangaroo a living kangaroo? Uh, yes, but I'll say this. I'm going to say that a jelly bean size kangaroo is going to have diminished rights compared to other kangaroos. Okay. Cause a jelly bean size human is not a human. I don't believe I believe that it's a human. I believe it is a human that has not yet earned the right to be alive. <laughs> it's an unproven human. Yeah, it, it's, it's you know, like, in our society, we have a lot of rights that you gain by aging. You don't have the right to vote drink. until you're 18. You don't have the right to drink until you're 21. Fight in the army. You don't have the right to, yeah, serve in the military until you're 18. So maybe uh, Joey doesn't have the right to uh, live in kangaroo society until it is old enough to climb its way out of its pouch. <laughs> I think that's a good way to look at it for all species. Well, I'm really not going to make a statement about it. <laughs> um, I did, however, find some erotic horror about the chupacabra. Oh, good. Let's. I'm glad we've gone from kangaroo abortions to erotic chupacabras. Yes, well, I think... This it's... is the only podcast where you're going to hear that. <laughs> I am going to go on record and say we're the only ones that have been able to smoothly transition from kangaroo abortion to erotic chupacabra content. From We're the best podcast ever. I really think so. I mean... Judged on this metric alone, I don't think anyone can dispute that. <laughs> Only judging on this metric, I believe. Uh, from Come the Chupacabra, an erotic horror story by Fionn... Come the Chupacabra? Come the Chupacabra. Ch- Come the Chupacabra, an erotic horror story. That's not a good title. But go it's, well, that was a shot over the bow at the author Fionn Reese. Fionn, do better. Do you know how many Fs are in Fionn? Five. Two, but <laughs> closer than one. Um, <clears throat> come the Chupacabra. Adam motioned for everyone to come, and as they did, he looked from face to face. I've spoken to most of you about this already, but you all need to hear this part. He settled back so he could see everyone. The Chupas aren't human, and they aren't animals either. My best guess is they were dropped here by some alien race. They seem to be immortal, though they don't really talk about that. What they do tell me is that there aren't any females, yet they have these raging sex drives. Adam paused and smiled. And what they ask in exchange for saving your lives is this. He stopped again and looked at Misha, then Miguel, then to the others. They want to have sex with all of you. All right. I guess that's that's a tough call. <laughs> do I have sex with an alien chupacabra? do I die? What kind of story is that? How is that guy having communication with the chupacabras? Yeah. I mean, are they just supposed to take his word for it? <laughs> yeah, they just want to have sex. They want to have sex with us. That's fine. No, this guy's a weirdo. Adam. He's 
he is definitely a weirdo. There's no two ways about that. And there was dirtier stuff, obviously, but I didn't feel like getting into it. No, I think I think you chose it. That was a good selection. But thank you for letting me know that if I wanted it to get hornier, I could. <laughs> I was worried that that was as horny as that story got. And I'd be like, God. No, no, it had a Fionn lot. Fion of... is ripping people off. No one's going to jerk off to that. No, Fion Reese knows how to bring the hardcore, I'm pretty sure. Thank God. Not the titles, so, but whatever. Yeah, nobody's perfect. <laughs> Quality content, Fion. <laughs> I gotta tell you, at this point, I am so scared. Are you scared? I am so I'm scared sorry. of this chupacabra. Tell me, is it real? Is this a real creation of a Z Morning <laughs> Zoo crew in Puerto Rico? Says in the IME. Um... <laughs> I think yes and no, like always. Uh, I could tell you that biologists and wildlife management officials say that the chupacabra is just an urban legend. Uh-huh. Uh, the eyewitness accounts claimed in Puerto Rico, Maine, Chile, Russia, and the Philippines have been disregarded as uncorroborated or lacking evidence. What about the one in India? Uh, yes. In 2018, uh, those Indian chupacabras... Forensic experts opined that street dogs were responsible for mass killings of domestic animals and poultry after studying the remnants of a corpse. Okay, I'd buy that. Also, stray Mexican hairless dogs are always mistaken for chupacabras. That's kind of sad. That's one of the saddest things to be, I think, a stray Mexican hairless dog. I think that's like being a squonk. Yeah, you definitely... That's a rough life. Uh, geneticists and wildlife biologists have identified all of the alleged chupacabra carcasses as those of known animals. Okay. For example, a chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, not known cryptids, known animals. Um, Fair enough. The University of Michigan concluded that all chupacabra reports in the U.S. were simply coyotes infected with sarcoptic mange. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that That's really disappointed. Um... In addition, the reports of blood-sucking by chupacabras cannot be confirmed by necropsy. An analysis by a veterinarian of 300 reported victims of the chupacabra found that they had not been bled dry. Mm. Do you want to know why that is? Why? Because blood feeders, real blood feeders, are looking for blood that's close to the surface of the skin, not something found in a jugular vein. They wouldn't be going that deep. Mm, No, they'd want the artery. Because that's where the oxygen right. and the nutrients are still are. If we okay. if we compare the characteristics of real blood feeding animals like vampire bats and the chupacabra, there are like no similarities. And a creature that size would starve to death quickly on a blood diet owing to the lack of essential nutrients and fat. Unless it's an alien or God's Rat. wrath. <laughs> You're gonna tell me, oh God can't make it happen? God can do anything. That's <laughs> that's the truth, QAnon, and you are his little chupacabras, and you are the ones that are the light and the way, and the true patriots in the future is now, and it's happening, and it's you, God's favorite chupacabras. You know, Shibble, there is an extra dimension of light to this, as you're implying. Mm. People need Tell to wake more. up, don't they? They do. This whole damn country's asleep one of the most famous cryptids shibble is the chupacabra right right a partial anagram of the word chupacabra is the entire word hubcap 
partial anagram. A hubcap is a decorative disc on a car that covers the central portion of the wheel, which is the hub. And what's the most mm-hmm. famous website in the world with the word hub in it? That's going to be Pornhub. No, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Pornhub. And when I went to the yep. site Pornhub, they had a nude clip of the actress Stella Maeve in Starlets. Stella Maeve, I thought, but why? Then I got it, like a baker cooking the new info drop. Stella Maeve now stars in the Lev Grossman-inspired TV show The Magicians. Ah, uh, okay. In The Magicians, Jason Ralph played the character Quentin Coldwater, but what did they call him? Short for Quentin. Q? That's right, Q. But who does Q belong to? Well, what comes after Q? R.S. R.S. Q is R.S. Hence, JFK Jr. will be president soon. Trump will also be president soon. And the Chupacabra is absolutely real. And it looks like we're getting the red light from Uncle Monster. That's what it is. Thanks so much for tuning in this week uh, for Chupacabras. Uh, and thanks for uh, tuning in to our previous episodes. We've done the last few a little bit out of order, so I don't know which one we released last, but let me tell you, I loved it, and I love you. <laughs> um, I did I did have to say two last things about the Chupacabra, if you don't mind. you can. No, no, give me the last two. Um, I thought it was, uh, on the subject of if, if it was real, I went on eBay and found a Chupacabra taxidermy head mount. Okay. So did you we get that? Run some tests. I did see that. It looked like a weird dog. But are they selling it as a chupacabra? They apparently that's seemed to be how it was advertised. All right. And the other thing I had to hit was uh, Jack Burton the third, our friend and paranormal cryptid expert, mm-hmm. insists they have a real chupacabra body, and it was in the Ancient Aliens documentary, and he assures me that le- is legit. So I want that side of the story to be told. Okay, I will uh, thank you, Jack Burton. I hope that you stay out of trouble in Little China. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were going to go there. That was cool. <laughs> well, I want to I wanna thank everyone very much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at UncleMonster6. Please visit us, follow, listen, and rate, and review. And It, it just means a lot to us. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. And until then, don't don't get get spooked. spooked.